from Los Angeles, California, this is the Writer Strike Chronicles, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hello, everybody. Today is Monday, November 12th, day eight of the writer strike. Today, I took fellow podcaster Allison Packard to the picket lines at NBC Studios, where we interviewed Joe Maderos, a strike captain for the WGA. Joe is also the head writer for The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Let's listen. I'm Joe Maderos. Head writer of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. So you are head writer with The Tonight Show, and you've been striking f- since the start, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. And so day five for you? Okay. It's day six. day six. It's day six. I mean, it's a day eight of the strike, if you count the weekends. But yeah, uh, oh, okay. we've been out on the picking line every day. There was a rally on Friday, so there was no picketing here. But we're back here again at NBC on Monday. And how long are you expecting the strike to go for? Until we get a contract. That's what the writers are striking for. That's what we're looking for. That's what we want. That's what we need. And that's what we're we're willing to stay out here on the line until we get uh, a fair and just contract. What are the primary concerns for you as an individual with the contract? Well, my concerns are what everyone's concerns uh, are, is to get uh, reimbursed for the reuse of our material on the Internet and new media. Uh, you guys obviously are podcasts. You're, you're on iTunes. Well, many shows, including The Tonight Show, are, are on iTunes, and you can download it, and the companies are charging for that. And uh, uh, the writers, the directors, the actors, even the musicians, no one is getting their fair share of that money that the... Uh, the production companies, the media uh, giants that run the entertainment in- industry, uh, they're not giving out uh, our share of the profits. Producers are saying they're not making any money off of new media. What's your take on that? Well, you know what, I'm, I don't quite understand that because uh, if, if you're charging $1.99 to download it, now I'm sure that you know there's some costs involved in putting it on, on iTunes, and I know that iTunes, I'm sure, gets gets their cut of it. But you know, you're not talking about you know any contents that's being created, especially for that. They're just reusing what is being broadcast over the air. So it's just they're just showing it in another place, and they're charging for it. So I can't see how they're not making money. Are you just going to be here every day in the meantime? What are you going to do for, for money? How are you going to support yourself and your family in the meantime? Well, you just hope it doesn't get to the point where that becomes an issue. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know I've been uh, with Jay 20 years. I've been with The Tonight Show uh, since when he was guest hosting in 1989. Uh, you know, I'm... I, I've saved some money. Uh, I hate to, uh, you know, tap into my savings because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there in age. I'm going to be retiring soon. Uh, so, I mean... But like everybody else, I mean, we're all in the same boat. Uh, we feel that this issue is so important that we're going to risk our own financial difficulties in order to get a fair contract. Do you consume any new media, and if so, what are you listening or watching? Well, I've got you know, I've got an iPod. I, I uh, download stuff from iTunes. Uh, you know, I've watched some television shows. Uh, I was, I'm a fan of Lost, and I happened to miss like the first six episodes of the last season. So I bought those each for dollar ninety nine. You know, I watch uh, Journeyman uh, on NBC. I've watched that on my computer. It's interrupted by ads. Watched uh, The Office on there. I've watched Thirty Rock. Uh, I've watched a lot of shows on, on the internet. You know, I have a laptop, and, and to me, it used to be uh, just uh, a word processor or, or something that I used to edit my uh, my films on. But you know, now it's a portable television. It's a portable movie theater. You could go anywhere. I was picketing in line last week, and I was watching Grey's Anatomy. You know, as I'm walking back and forth, and you know, here it's being interrupted by commercials. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm probably not on it as much as, uh, you know, people of your generation, but, uh, you know, I know how to use it, in other words. I know I, I use a computer quite a bit. What impact do you think reality television has had on TV in general? 
a tremendous impact. I mean, uh, it's very popular. I mean, everything from, I guess you consider American Idol to be sort of reality television, but, you know, obviously uh, Survivor and uh, Bachelor and all those shows, uh, tremendous, tremendous, uh, you know, impact. But don't be fooled in thinking that those things aren't written. I mean, somebody has to come up with the challenges for, for a Survivor. I mean, somebody has to come up with the dialogue that the that the hosts of these shows say. So, and, and, and character arcs, you know, how they think these things are going to proceed. I mean, even when we do... Um, bits with some of our correspondents. I work with Tom Green and, and, and we have other people who work with Ross the Intern and Mo Rocca. And although these aren't scripted things per se, we do sit down and write jokes for it. We we give them intros, how to get into the piece. I mean, so we're actually writing these sort of things. But because they're on our show, it comes under, under the writer's province. But in reality shows, they don't have writers. They've got segment producers or story editors there are other titles but they're actually doing writers jobs so that's how the industry kind of gets their way uh, gets around that and are many of those people covered by the writers guild are they writers guild members as well or they're just non-union uh, no yeah none of those people are, are covered by the writers guild you know whether they're i don't think i don't think there's any union for that unless they're somehow in the producers guild which is a totally separate thing. But yeah, those are, they're doing actually kind of, they're doing writers' jobs, uh, but they're not being uh, paid or uh, classified as writers. What advice would you have for younger writers or people that may be just graduating from college in terms of if they're offered some kind of opportunity to write with a job that might perhaps have been a writer's guild job? What advice do you have for them? You mean asking them to be scabs? Basically, yeah. Well, don't be scabs. <laughs> Uh, because uh, it's going to come back and, and uh, affect your career. Because anybody, uh, you know, who was a writer, who's a writer's guild, uh, will find out through one way or another, you know, who's been doing these jobs. And to quote the old line that you hear in a lot of movies, you'll never work in this town again. You know, it, it's kind of that thing where uh, we're actually doing this. I mean, I'm in my 50s, okay? So I may not see the benefits of what I'm striking for. But I'm, I'm hearing that story from guys who are older than me who strike, struck in the 80s and who struck in the 60s, that they were striking to repay the people who gave them the benefits. I've got great health care. I have a great pension. I get residuals, when, and, and so do most of the writers. You know, when they run it on broadcast television, when they run The Tonight Show, you know, during the weeks that we're off or, or at 2 a.m., there are residuals for that that the actors, the writers, and the director, and the musicians get. Those benefits were really given to us by other people who stood on the line years ago. So we're sort of like repaying that back and we're really sort of setting the future for the new writers who are coming up because television is changing. It's going to be a whole new world. It's already a whole new world. And in the next five, ten years, uh, the landscape is going to be completely different. And it's the people that you say who are coming out of school now, they're, they need to get in on the ground floor of that and they need to get in on the ground floor of that as Writers Guild members. Do you have anything to say before we wrap this up? Well, I just say that none of us, none of us want, wanted the strike. None of us want the strike. It, it's it's very painful to everybody involved. Uh, you know, it's very difficult for the staffs of our shows. That uh, you know, some of them, uh, some shows I've heard, you know, have laid people off. Other people have been fired or reassigned. It's, you know, a lot of people are getting hurt by this. But we want it to end as quickly as possible. That's why we, we're, you know, we asked the, uh, the the media companies, the six conglomerates that own the media industry, please sit down and, and let's come to a deal. I mean, we're not asking for anything unreasonable. It's it's fair and just, and it's the right thing to do. Thank you very much, right. Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. That was Joe Medeiros, a strike captain for the WGA and the head writer for The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Last week, Joe recorded a podcast with 15-year-old homeschooler and citizen journalist Shane Stranahan. 
That recording can be found by going to our website, wgastrike2007.blogspot.com, and doing a search for the upper left corner of the screen for Shane. What you're about to hear next is an interview we did with Shane on the picket lines in front of NBC Studios. Let's listen. Shane, I saw your, or I heard your podcast on the internet the other night. Can you tell us what inspired you to come down here and and walk the picket lines? Um, Well, I mean, for one thing, it's the fact that my dad works at NBC, so he's in the entertainment industry. And for another thing, I'm just two blocks away from, you know, multiple major studios, as I said in the podcast. NBC, where my dad works, has this whole thing going on that Warner Brothers and stuff, and so I decided to come down and talk to people because the thing's interesting, it's affecting everybody, you know? the convenience of it made it easier to do. Do you see yourself as a citizen journalist? Um, not quite yet, I don't. That was my first thing, so maybe in the future, but right now I don't see myself too much as that. Are you going to be doing more podcasts about the strike? Yes, I am going to. Can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and your daily life? Sure. Um, I'm a homeschooler who lives under the branch of unschooling, which is basically I choose what I want to do, which is why I was able to come out here and get this kind of thing. Right now, I'm going on strike to see what it's like, basically, because I haven't been able to do that before. Just time constraints. But daily life, I don't know. I'm interested in a lot of stuff. Podcasting for one thing, and philosophy, reading and writing. I don't know. So. How old are you? If you don't mind. Fifteen. So. What's your take on this whole strike? Um, personally, I'm on the side of the writers, but I mean, there are problems on both sides. Um, Tell us about the other side, because we hardly hear about that. Yeah, um, the other side, I mean... Their excuse is that they don't really have an excuse. They're coming up with fake things like it's... They're calling the stuff that they're putting online promos, which is the same thing as advertisement. I mean, you're just promoting stuff, which is advertising. So what they're saying doesn't make a lot of sense. It's the same thing that they did back in the 80s with VHS and beginning of the 90s and stuff with DVDs, or in the 90s with DVDs, is they're calling it new media and they're not wanting to give the writers as big a fair share, even though that doesn't really matter because they're, they're making money on it. My main thing on the producer side is that... The writers are the ones who started the strike, and because of the strike, you know, thousands of people are probably going to be losing their jobs. But, I mean, I have yet to get an interview with somebody asking them, you know, what do you think about people losing their jobs on the writer's side? So, I haven't really heard a response from them. And that's the main complaint that people seem to have online, too, is that the below-the-line workers and stuff, and people who are like grips, that kind of thing, who are actually working on the production of the show, a lot of them are going to be losing their jobs because of the lull in media production. Do you consume new media, and if so, what do you listen to or watch? Yes, I do, and lots of stuff. Um, I'm online a lot on TV, comedy, lots of stuff, Comedy Central, NBC, I don't know, standard television, basically. Do you pay for any of that? Um, No, my parents do. (laughs) Do you see any ads in that? Ads in TV? In the new media that you're downloading? Oh, um, well, I mean, s- subliminal, kind of. I mean, yeah, there are ads, but I don't really notice them. I don't pay attention to them. What do you mean, subliminal? I like mean, product placement? No, I mean, uh, for instance, if you're watching YouTube, they have ads just on the sidelines that I don't pay attention to, but they're not n- subliminal necessarily, but I'm not paying attention to them, and they're not trying to catch my attention so much as a commercial would be. Maybe you haven't seen any embedded ads in the, in the stuff you download? Um, like commercials in the front or back end? Yeah, I have, but usually not on sites like YouTube. It's usually from parent sites like NBC or Comedy Central who are hosting TV shows, and that's where they place the quote-unquote promotional 
stuff. Do you have any advice for other podcasters out here covering the strike? Well, I'm relatively new to this, but I just say keep on going. So. And just curious, for the record, what are you use, um, using to produce your work? To edit and stuff. And your recording devices. Recording, actually, I have it right here. I know you can't see this, but it's, um, I forget what it's called. I think it's... Tw- it's Zoom. So, yeah, I use this to record, and then I use PCs mainly just because they're cheaper and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I use this mainly to record, and um, for editing purposes, I use a free open-source program called Audacity, um, which is easy to download, works on multiple platforms, and is just great and solves my needs. So. Can you comment on open-source I think a lot of people of my generation don't know what that means. Yeah, open source, it's basically, A, usually it's free, and B, it allows other people to edit and modify and stuff, um, actually change the program. The cross-platform's great because more and more people these days are switching to programs like uh, Linux, well, not programs, but operating systems like Linux and stuff, and... Firefox. You're talking operating systems. I'm talking about operating systems, but yeah, personally, for my internet purposes, I use Flock, which is great for blogging. Um... But, you know, Firefox is good, too. Okay. Okay. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. You have been listening to the Writer's Strike Chronicles. I'm Tanya Barnes. For more information, visit my website, www.tanyabarnes.com slash WGA. That's www.tanyabarnes.com. Dot com slash WGA. Feel free to give me a shout out at 310-439-8754 or ping me at WGA Strike 2007 at gmail.com. Music is by Falik off the album Evolution, which can be found at magnatune.com.